We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. It's good to be here. We're going to come around the world. We've been, good, we've been talking about the good news since we've been back. The good news, the gospel. If you heard the word gospel, it's Greek for good news. And it's specifically used to refer to the books, the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, but it's much bigger than that. The good news didn't just start with Jesus, there was good news throughout the start. And it, it describes who Jesus is, what he done. Uh, he came to earth, God himself. God isn't up in the, in the heavens looking down on Jesus doing the dirty work. He says God himself. God himself came. God himself laid down his life. God himself came, lived a perfect life, laid down his life, took sin and death onto himself, dealt with it for once and for all. And so by faith in Jesus, we enter in, we're restored, forgiven, redeemed, given eternity in heaven, abundant life on earth by faith in Jesus. And we're just, we've been going deeper because sometimes good news can become normal news if you hear it enough. And we don't want to be a church like that because this is the foundation. You've got to get the foundation right. So we've been going deeper. We've been talking about what rest really is. When Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest, he's not saying, come to me, I'll give you a lazy Saturday morning. I, don't think, I think Jesus is a bit better than that. So we talked about rest. We talked about forgiveness. Uh, we talked about condemnation, no condemnation. We talked about the curtain that tore. We talked about how God and Jesus are one and the same. We talked about the good news and, and God throughout the Bible. We've just been going deep. And we're, we're, we're not turning, we're angling. Because this, if this is good news, it should affect every area of our life. So we're talking about being good news people. There's not just good news we hear, but it's good news that impacts our life, that is the foundation of our life. It impacts how we work, how we interact, how we do life, how we do ministry. And, and that's where we're going today. And today I'm talking about we, not me. And uh, you can say that, say we... Not me. There we go. Let's pray. God, this is your church. This is your word. Uh, God, we just open our hearts to you today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive your word for us corporately. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, did you know you can get your own personal standardized Bible? And every time there's the word you or something equivalent, it replaces it with your name. And uh, let me read you from Isaiah 53, 6. It says, Ben, like a sheep, has gone astray. Ben has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him Ben's iniquity. But then you've got the positive ones. I didn't know if this was the, the personal standardised version or the, or the Talia, Ben's wife version. It says, Ben is the light of the world. She says that to me each morning. And so... Uh, you, you don't even respond because you know it's not true. Uh, Psalm, 8. I like, Psalm 8. Psalm 8 is a good one. You have made Ben a little lower than God and crowned Ben with glory and honour. You make Ben a ruler over the works of your hands. You have put all things under Ben's feet. Problem is, and this thing actually exists. You can order your own Bible like that. Please don't. If you have one, keep it quiet. Just get rid of it. Um, I mean it in the most loving way possible, because God wrote to us corporally, not individually. And we live in a, in a Western culture, and it's a very self-centred culture. And by no means do I say that to make you feel bad, but it's the reality. Uh, you have to look no, longer to, no further than the iPhone, the me phone. It's about making life better. You know, especially in the Western world, we're told to, you stand on your own two feet. 
You be an individual. You make your own decisions. Uh, it's about, you know, you, you sort yourself out first, you worry about everyone else later. Look after me. And there's elements in that that aren't necessarily bad, but it's, it's the culture we live in. And so that's the Western culture, but Eastern cultures is often quite different, and it's what they call a collective culture. Uh, and the focus is on family and community. You know, to be an individual in, in these Eastern cultures, that, that's like sad. You don't want to be out by yourself. You don't want to be... That, that's isolated. That's sad. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in an Eastern collective culture, especially back in the Bible's times, which they were a collective culture, if, if one succeeds, everyone succeeds. If one fails, everyone fails. If, if, Darren, if Darren's a friend of mine, he's a friend of all of us. If, if Sarah's an enemy of mine, we all hate her. can use Sarah because she's so nice so you know it's never true but it's a collective it's all in one it's a community together and uh, it's a we not me and after looking at the Bible and meditating and reading and we miss a little bit from Hebrew to English Greek to English and not necessarily miss I don't think that's the right word but we maybe don't go as deep as some things and one thing I think we, we struggle with is the word you is an English word you and we don't necessarily know if it's singular or plural. Let me give an example. I could be talking to uh, you, Darren, or I can be talking to you, all of us. You, Darren, you, all of us. And, and because, and the word you in the Bible is a fair bit. And because we live in a bit of a self-centered word, world, we read the word you, of course it's talking about me. Who else would we be talking about? Because everything's about me. So if I read the word you, oh yes, that's, that's to me. That's exactly to me. You, yes, you, yeah. Whereas the, the Hebrew and Greek, there's more words to unpack that and it's a whole different mindset. Let me give you an example. Uh, can I pick on, I'm going to pick on everyone today. Peter, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's an element of that, but is it talking about Peter as a temple or you as a community of faith? The church are, is the place the Holy Spirit lives. Are you, Nathan, you, you're the light of the world. Now, is Nathan really the light of the world? Maybe some days. But are you the community of faith, the light of the world? Especially because it goes on to say, because a lot of the world is a city on a hill. A one-person city is not much of a city. <laughs> That's a backyard, right? And so we, we interpret things that exactly to us, but it's, it's much more corporate. You know, the, the Texans, the Southern Americans have got one up on us. They've got the word, y'all, 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 loud of the world, y'all, temple, the Holy Spirit, y'all. They've got one up, we need to bring the word, y'all, in. And, you know, when we read the Bible, we've got to keep in mind who it was written to first. It was written to the, the nation of Israel, the early church, the Jewish people. And they had this collective, this community, this family mindset. Uh, when, they, when they were read the word, because a lot of time they were read it, when they were sent a letter, when they were spoken, they weren't thinking, okay, where's this to my individual life? They were thinking, okay, how does this speaking to my family? How's it speaking to my community? How's it speaking to my nation? They had a different mindset around it all. It's that we are the light of the world. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's we, not me. And uh, for instance, Jeremiah 29, 11, we love this verse for us. And it's, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I love that. 
But it gets even better when I realise who it was written to and when. That was spoken to the nation of Israel when they were in captivity. They were taken out of the homeland and Jeremiah says, hey, there's a hope and a purpose for your future. There is hope, it's going to be okay. And they're hearing that as a nation, not in their own land, in captivity and slavery, and that gives them faith and hope. That's much better than, hey, I'm going to have a good week this week. See, when we read we, not me, it just gets, it's so much more powerful. You know, the Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah in Jesus. And some of them realised who it was, some didn't. And it wasn't so they could go to heaven. They weren't saying, oh, we need a Messiah so I can go to heaven. They were saying, we need a Messiah to save our nation. We need a Messiah to bring deliverance. We need a Messiah to take us out of captivity. And Jesus, he gave them freedom in a different way to what they realised, but he gave freedom to all mankind. It was always we, not me. And, and now, I'm not saying the Bible can't speak to us individually. It definitely can. But I think sometimes we can get caught up in just, it's all about me and my faith and what God's speaking to me. Where a lot of time God talks corporately to we, to us. Because we're designed for that community. There's incredible blessings and benefits of living, of reading, in life, in, in ministry, in time with God, in work, of we, not me. Now you might have experienced the power of community. Maybe a, a, a strong, loving church. Maybe you can even have glimpses of it in our society. Sporting clubs coming together. I love the country because in the country, you generally look after people a bit more. Maybe a loving family, maybe a well-run business. That bond where you win and lose together, where you succeed together, where you fail together. You know, we've been talking about the good news, like I said. It's that Jesus came to give us life, to give us... He came, he laid down his life. That through faith, there's no more separation, we're given abundant life. And the word often used to talk about Jesus is the word Messiah. And it's really translated to God's anointed king. And every king needs a kingdom. And Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom would be pretty sad if it's one person. It's a pretty unimpressive kingdom. We can have a kingdom of one person, us. Working of our lives. But when we decide to follow Jesus, he's our Messiah, he's our Saviour, he's our Lord, he's our King. And we're part of the kingdom of faith. A kingdom isn't an individual, a kingdom is a community. We're united under Jesus. The good news, yes, it's for us, but it's for, it's for me, but it's for us. It is for me, but it's for we. It's a community. It isn't just for us, it's for everyone else. And this life of faith that we're unified in, it's, it's, we experience God most in community. We know God more in community and we produce fruit and God's power through our lives more in community. Community's powerful. We, not me. We, not me. Just a few of the things maybe we do as a we. You know, we worship together. We did it today. And worship is a lifestyle. But we sing, we sing together, we praise God together. You know, Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell on you richly, singing psalms and hymns. 1 Corinthians 14, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation. Ephesians 5, uh, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If you think outside the church, songs can unify people. If you've ever been at a sporting event with the 
everyone sings the national anthem. Kind of unifies everyone in Australia. Maybe the, I'll say the Adelaide Crow song. Let's talk about the Aldrossan Football Club song. I think I've sung it two or three times in two years and I still don't know the words. And because we don't sing it much, it, everyone gets even more passionate. People just start yelling because they don't know the words. But it unifies. A song unifies. Think of carols events. Everyone of all kinds of background and don't know what they believe some do some don't some believe in Jesus at Christmas and they're singing together and it unifies songs unify and that's outside in the church it's even more so when we come together when we praise God together it actually unifies our spirits it it encourages one another I'm encouraged by people worshiping I'm blessed by it you're blessed by it and, and we worship together that's one thing we do together another thing we do together is we hear and experience God together. We hear and experience God together. You know, in Matthew 18, it says, 18, 24, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as some do, but encouraging one another. You know, there's a lot in the Bible about receiving love and loving. Receiving God's love, loving others. And that's really hard to do by yourself. Because I believe about 99% of the time, how we love and receive love is someone else. Because we're designed for community. God uses you and me to love someone, and he uses you and me to love someone else. We receive it together. We pray for each other, we encourage each other, we, we hear from God together. I love, sometimes me and Di Schmidt have a coffee. We haven't had a coffee in a while, Di. No. And we just sit and talk about the Bible. And I leave there, I'm encouraged, I'm a little bit challenged, I'm inspired, and I'm just, I'm feeling good. Sometimes, uh, often Daryl comes and just encourages you, and I'm, it feels good. God uses others to encourage, to bless, to pray. It's we. When we come into this place, it's not, okay, I'm going to sit in my chair, receive and go home, it's how I'm going to be part of a community. Because God uses you and me to bless each other. We hear from God, we experience God together. You know, we receive so much from God, peace, hope, strength, wisdom, so much of that comes through someone else. It's through community. It's we, not me. You know, we celebrate together. You know, 1 Corinthians says, all, one member is on it, all rejoice together. Think about the major milestones in life, the weddings. Now, I, did, I did a wedding in COVID, I officiated a wedding. And it was a little bit, it was good, but it was a little bit sad because we could only have five people. It wasn't what they intended. And it was still a joyous occasion, but it wasn't the same. They had their family on FaceTime and different things. And think of birthday parties. Think back to when you were a kid. Had all your friends come over or, and you prepared a party games, but it's just you. Pass the parcel gets a little bit boring when it's by yourself. You're just holding the parcel, waiting for the music to stop. Then you take the wrapper off and you Wait for the music to stop again. Pin the towel on a donkey. Get the towel right on the spot. There's no one there to celebrate. <laughs> Got all the lolly bags to take home. You just eat them all yourself. Get a headache. Right? I'm making fun of it, but when we celebrate, you do it with people. When something big happens in life, you have a baby, you get married, you get engaged or something, you get a promotion, you tell someone. You celebrate together. It's so much better when community, celebrating together. Now, we celebrate together, but we, we mourn together as well. 
That same passage says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you're with someone and they're going through a really hard time. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe it's grief. Maybe they've lost a, a job or an opportunity. I don't know. There's loss. And you can't really say or do anything. Because who knows in those times, what do you, you can't fix anything when there's loss sometimes. But you can just sit and be. And that's community. It's rejoicing together, but it's hey, it's hey, I'm with you. It's, it hurts, doesn't really make sense, but we're, we're with you in this. That's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you've ever been in that. I leave those settings blessed. Be, not because of anything that's happened, but because, gosh, that was such an honour to be able to just love and be with someone in that hard time. Never forget those moments. We mourn together. You know, we grow together. In Ephesians 4.16, it says, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the church being a body. It's a, it's a metaphor it uses. And it says, when each part is working properly, it makes the whole body grow so it builds itself up in love. You know, we grow together. Healthy church grows together. What I mean is we grow in faith together. We grow in love together. We grow in influence together. We grow in our reach together. We grow in wisdom together. I, I like to hope and pray that through this series we're growing in our knowledge and revelation of who Jesus is. We're growing in closeness to Jesus. We're meant to grow together. Grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We grow together. It talks about the body. Think of a literal body. Think of a child. And all their facial features grow except for the nose. Or one ear. And it's a really silly but a, a, example, but it would look really silly. Because all, when we grow, our bodies grow together where they're meant to grow. And that's what it's like being in community. If we're not in community, the community grows. And then if you're not in, we grow together. We're unified in that. We grow together. That's why it's incredible to read together in this reading plan. Let me encourage you. Because God speaks to all of us together. So we pray together for the harvest of different things because we do it together. We grow together. Now we pray for each other. I want to encourage you in this church, there's people praying for you every week. You might know that. You might not be praying. You might not even believe. I don't know. But there's people praying for you every week. What a blessing that is. You know, lately, I've, in the last probably couple of months, my, my, my time of God is in the morning, and I do a bit at the gym, a bit at home. And I, it's early, so my brain's not quite sharp. Sometimes it's not sharp at the best of times. But in the morning, it's definitely not that sharp. So I was struggling with a bit of prayer, because like, the words just don't come out. It's like, Ugh. And so I'm, like, I'm just going to start praying Bible over our church, over my family. And then I, and then I found all these verses that are actually verses about praying for the church. So can I just share some of the verses I pray over you and me? Is that all right? I pray Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 over our church, that that we'll be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, how high God's love is. That's a good prayer for each other. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust in Him. 
I pray for hope for us, joy for us, peace for us. Ephesians 1.17, I pray that the glorious Father will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, pray for wisdom for each other. Revelation of who God is. Ephesians 3.16, I pray for inner strength. Who I'd, I'd like a bit of inner strength. Oh, this one, you might not like that I pray this one over you guys. Sometimes I leave my name out. Uh, it says, 2 Thessalonians 3.5, Lord will guide you to be loving and as patient as Christ. So if you're tested with patience, I'm praying for it for you. And I include myself in that. But imagine that if we could have a church that's as loving and as patient. I pray this one over my children first and then everyone else, that they'll be always eager to do what is right. But think about that, not in a religious way, but we know God. We know his love. We know his purpose. We're so close to him that we just want to give him honour and glory and worship in every area of our life. I pray for a church that doesn't just want to rock up on a Sunday, but wants to honour God in every area. Not out of obligation, but out of worship. Can I encourage you to pray for each other? Pray for each other. Another thing is, we experience joy together. Joy. Now, the Bible talks a lot about joy. Just a few verses. uh, The one we all know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. John 16 Uh, until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full Galatians 5.22 but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness Uh, Psalm 16 uh, you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy Uh, Proverbs 17 a joyful heart is good medicine John 16 also you will have sorrow now but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will ever take joy from you Romans 14 for the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit Psalm 30 for his anger is but for a moment but his favour for a lifetime weeping may tarry for the night but joy comes in the morning John 15 these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be made in you you know, probably don't talk about joy enough. I think I might preach on it a little bit, actually. Joy. You know, there's recently a huge study in psychology and joy. I was reading about it, and even science, I'll get to that in a bit, but they've looked into professionals talking and counselling patients dealing with trauma, really intense trauma, unthinkable trauma. And it's so intense, so devastating that when they start to unpack this, they usually have to hospitalise the patients because it's just so crippling and overwhelming. But what they started to do is, instead of getting right into it, they, this one uh, professional started the first few sessions just building joy. Just building joy. And the hospitalisation went down 95%. You know, we... We experience joy by being in and enjoying community. There's also been studies of joy. And the way we experience and fill us with joy most is visually, by faces. They've linked up with the brain. And, and what it is, it's if I come in, Gabby, and she's always happy to see me, and uh, especially when I ask for all the coffees and things like that. And, and if Gabby's happy to see me, if I see her face, I'm filled with joy. 
If, if me and Talia have time together and we, we're happy to see each other, we're filled with joy. And so we, we experience joy through other people's faces. So when I come to church and I'm in a loving community that's happy to see me, my joy increases because joy increases in community. That's why an isolated life has no joy. That's why if we're on this stuff too long, phones, TV, we lack joy because we don't have that interaction. You know, God knew this before the psychologists and the scientists. You know, in a lot of the Old Testament, you hear the word joy. If you really go back to the old school translations, it replaces joy with, let my face shine upon you. Let my smile shine upon you. And it's literally God looking down at us. It's such a close relationship that we can know God's with us for us smiling. So how do we have joy? Well, we walk with God, but we be in community. We be in community. That's why we can have joy and grief. Because we can have the emotion of grief because of loss. But because we're in a community that loves us, we can have joy, which doesn't leave. The Bible verse I read before said joy doesn't leave, but we can have joy because we're in a community that supports and with us. That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's why there's strength in community, because we receive joy from each other. We experience joy together. You know, we serve together. We're all different. Look around. <laughs> we're, we're really different. Some, yeah, some are more different than others. And, uh, no, <laughs> me. Um, we're different ages, male, female. We've got different backgrounds, different ethnicities. We've got different training. We've got different workplaces. We've got different schools, lived in different places. And then we've got different personalities. And then we live in different places. It's so diverse. And then God talks about the body. And it says if, if Gabby's, Gabby's a hand in the body, if she says, hey, I want to be Darren, and he's a, he's a knee. But he can't because a hand's a hand, knee's a knee. And I can't say, oh, I want to I be like Sarah. No, I'm here because who I am and God's doing something in me and we're different, but we're joined together and we serve together. And Sunday's just such a tiny part of it. Sunday's where we gather together, be encouraged, ready to go out. And really serving is about my next point, my last point, is about we reach out together. Because in Matthew 28, 18, it says, and Jesus said to them, said to them, said to all of them, didn't just say to Peter, he said to everyone who was there, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What's a disciple? Someone who follows Jesus. So what's Jesus saying to these people who are there? Hey, all of you, go out and lead people, help people, show people, lead people to a place where they can follow Jesus. Not, not just me, not just you. Hey, everyone here, that's for everyone. Go out and make disciples. That's for all of us, and that's how we serve. We, we take the Spirit of God, we take what God's doing in us, and we go out to our workplaces, to our groups, our sporting teams, our neighbourhood, our family, and we take that out there. And we show the love of God. We shine the light. That's why we're a city on a hill. Imagine that. If our church, I love the country, because you just keep seeing the same people, so you can just keep on loving. And so when I read the verse, Matthew 15, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill, I think of our church. And it's not that we shine a light to us, that we're shining a light to God. 
think of a, think of a door opener or a gatekeeper. If the kingdom of God is a house of God, I'm not the answer. I can just try and open a way in. Then I get out of the way. If I can just open a gate, hey, this is how. Come and meet God. Hey, I'll show you the way in. I'll show you God's love and I'll get out of the way and I'll follow Jesus. That's how we serve together. We reach together, we serve together. See, we all need to be involved in that because we all reach and minister to different people. We're a community. This gospel, this good news, I could keep going on and on, but I think you get my point. You experience God most together. We grow together. We know God together. God speaks to actually us a lot more corporately than we realise. <laughs> yes, he speaks individually, but a lot of it he speaks to us. He's doing something in all of us. You know, sometimes community, church is messy. Because we're all a little bit messy sometimes. I don't know if you are, I am. And sometimes it can be a little bit hard. Because someone might hurt. Someone might say something. That's just a warning. That will happen. Because none of us are perfect. That's why we're covered by the grace and love of God. That's why we can give grace to one another. Because we received it from Jesus. I know I need grace from you. You need grace. We all need it. And that's why it's so incredibly God-given. God's love is just shown so well when there's a group of believers that love and do life together. Because despite weaknesses... Despite missteps, and, and we can love and give grace and serve and love and encourage and pray together. Community is amazing. We, not me. Now, I don't know where you are with that. Maybe it's how you read. Maybe you've got to be intentional about thinking more that way with church and other people. But you're here for a reason. You're here to encourage someone. You're here to receive love and love. You're here to go out and shine a light of God. We. I wonder if I can have the band back up. And just as we finish, I wonder if we could just worship together. Just worship together in this place. Like I said, there's incredible power in worshipping together. When we're unified, when we look to God together. And I've got to, we're going to, I think we're just going to sing just for a little bit. And I believe we're going to have a, some kind of prayer, but I think God's going to lead that in a moment. We, not me. I'm just going to pray for us. God, I thank you for our community of faith. None of us are perfect in any way, shape or form. But we're made righteous, we're made right under Jesus. By faith we have abundant life. By faith we have full access to the presence and power of God. By faith, we can talk to you in any moment. You're with us in every moment, in every season. God, today, I pray those verses over us. Fill us with hope, joy, and peace in this place. I pray that Romans verse over us. Fill us with hope, joy, and peace. God, give us inner strength today for those who need it. God, I pray Ephesians over us. Let us experience that our let us understand your love, how high, how deep, how wide it is, God. God, help us to be as loving, as patient as Jesus. God, help us to be eager to do what is right. God, you are our strength. You are our joy. And we worship you together. Thank you, God.
Thank you, Jesus. Give us a heart to look at community, to look at each other, to remember each other, to pray for each other.